Okay, praise the Lord, everybody. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Pastor Joe Campatella here. We are so blessed to do Christian Life Broadcast, a ministry of Christian Life Center right here in beautiful Palm Coast, Florida, 5200 Beltaire Parkway, across from the library on Beltaire. The weather has changed so dramatically in Florida, and uh, it feels so good. Thank God for fall and spring in Florida. This is why we live in Florida right here this, this season. And uh, we're so thankful that you've joined us today, whatever time it is for you while you watch this broadcast. I hope you're having a great day. And we just want to remind you and testify to you that the Christian life is indeed the best life. We had an incredible weekend at Christian Life Center. Uh, Mighty, mighty moves of God. We had three people uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other's tongues as recorded and presented to us in Acts chapter two for the first time. And that happened here this past weekend. We also had three baptisms in Jesus' name, the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And uh, boy, I tell you, that just makes the weekend worth all the work that it takes to put on service in church. We had an incredible, wonderful time in the Holy Ghost. And if you've never experienced the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, come on down to Christian Life Center and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. It will change your life forever. And uh, today we wanna talk about what is happening, what's on the minds of many, many people in the world right now, the, the war that has erupted in the Middle East uh, we started talking about this last week in a two-part series, and I encourage you to, to watch that to get a prophetic perspective of what's going on. And today, I really feel directed by the Lord to talk about kind of the culmination of this particular season of prophecy, and that is the emergence of the Antichrist, the emergence of the Antichrist. Uh, if you're really keeping up with this, you know what's happening right now the latest reports coming out of the Middle East is that Israel bombed a hospital. And by the way, we're, we are going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We've already been flagged for hate speech. Uh, we don't hate anybody. We're just doing Bible speech. But in this current spiritual climate, it's called hate speech. So it's kind of like a badge of honor, actually, to be flagged for hate speech when you're not doing hatred stuff. Um, but... But Israel was accused of bombing the hospital in Gaza. Uh, The media took hook, line, and sinker, the report of Hamas. If Hamas says 15 billion people just died in an attack from Israel, the media will say, oh my goodness, 15 billion people were just killed by Israel. Uh, It doesn't matter what media outlets, they all just uh, sided with the terrorist group. And... Um, then of course, Israel said, we'll get back with you on it. And they begin to do research and, and found that it was actually an Islamic Jihad rocket that failed to reach Israel as many rockets from this terrorist organization do fail to reach Israel. They fall in Gaza, which Hamas and Islamic Jihad don't care. Casualties in Israel or casualties in, in among the Palestinian people are equally beneficial to them. And uh, they showed that. They showed it through aerial footage. They showed the destruction uh, and the lack of destruction that occurred. The hospital was still intact. Uh, a parking lot burned and, and the lies that came out. But, but since that moment, 
the media that swallowed it hook, line, and sinker and began to propagate the lie, a firestorm has erupted in the Middle East. And we are in this day, which was called for by Iran and Hezbollah as the day of unprecedented rage. And U.S. and Israeli embassies are being stormed all over the world, including in the West. Uh, it's, it's tremendous upheaval. And I want to tell you why lies so easily are accepted in our day. That is the climate of the emergence of the Antichrist. Lies are accepted so quickly and the truth is this world hates truth. Even after Israel came back with the evidence, came back with the footage, it doesn't matter. And, and I, I've, I've actually seen Western media say this very thing. Well, even if it's not true that Israel did this atrocity, just because it was reported, they should now use greater restraint in their attack on the terrorist organization that inflicted over 1,300 casualties and 200 hostages being currently held by Hamas. They should use more restraint. So whether it's true or a lie, just because it's out there, they should use more restraint. This is the current environment of our nation and our world right now, where a lie finds more fertile ground for growth than truth. Lies find more fertile ground than the truth. And that is the climate of the moment that the Antichrist will emerge. And we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to be reading a lot from the book of Daniel. And I'm going to show you some stuff that, that Daniel says to kind of give us the clues, the keys to understand what atmosphere will be present when the Antichrist emerges and the accompanying results of the emergence of the Antichrist. So, so one thing we see happening now is <clears throat> the toleration for Israel's response, the time period of tolerance for Israel's response to this terrorist attack is over. The UN's calling for a ceasefire. Um, leave, leave everybody alone. Stop fighting. Let's just call a ceasefire and shut this whole thing down. So Israel gets about you know three or four days to respond and the world responds with them. Oh my goodness, it was a terrorist attack. They need to take out Hamas. But now that season of toleration is over. Israel's having to prove every bomb drop, everything they do, just when they move a tank from one block to another, they have to show the world why they're moving it. The toleration is very small for the response of Israel. The world, and Europe especially, you know, we understand the Arab world's hatred for Israel, but Europe still has a hatred for Israel. The, the anti-Semitism that existed in World War II was not limited to Ger Ger uh, Germany. It was, it was European and it still exists where Israel is being held to a standard to define everything and Hamas is not being held to that standard. Hamas said 500 people died. Everybody says, my God, 500 people died. If Israel says... No, that's not the case. They say, prove it to us through aerial footage, through infrared footage, through your drone footage, through multiple sources. It's, it's insane. And what it is actually is the spirit in our day against the nation of Israel, against the people of the flesh of Abraham. And so let's go back in history. Let's talk about some prophecies that were written 
1,500 years ago, 1,700 years ago, many, many, I'm sorry, 2,500 and 2,700 years ago. Uh, I want to show you um, in the book of Daniel chapter 2, beginning with verse 31, this is um, after King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had the dream. He wanted his wise men to interpret the dream, but to know that the interpretation was true, he wanted his wise men to tell him the dream. He figured if they knew, if they had the power to tell him the dream, then the interpretation would be correct. And of course, nobody could until Daniel heard that Nebuchadnezzar was angry enough to kill everybody. He said, don't, don't let the king kill everybody. Let, there is a God in heaven who knows secrets. Let me pray to him and see if he will reveal the secret. And of course, in a night vision, God gave Daniel the vision that mirrored the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. He comes before the king and and uh, in Daniel chapter two, verse 31, he said, thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image, this great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee and the form thereof was terrible or awesome. The image's head was of fine gold, his breast and arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And so, so then after Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar his dream, he begins to tell Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation, the meaning of the dream that God has revealed to the king what shall come, what is and what shall come. He said, the head of gold is you, it's Babylon. Uh, the, the arms of silver is the Medo-Persian empire, the king that will come after you. And we know through history that the next uh, kingdom to rule after Babylon was the Median Persian Empire. And the king that would come after that and the kingdom that would come after that, the belly and thighs of brass was Greece. Greece would come and they would destroy the Median Persian Empire. And then after that, the Roman Empire would emerge. The legs uh, or the, the legs of iron and the toes of iron mixed with clay. So you have four kingdoms, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and the Roman Empire. And then he said, there was another kingdom cut out of a mountain. Look at the terminology here. Thou sawest till, this is verse 34, thou sawest till a stone was cut out without hands. This is, everything else on this image is made with hands. It's, it's, it's a natural kingdom, but the stone that's coming is a supernatural kingdom. Paul used the term, uh, same terminology when he talked about New Testament circumcision. He said circumcision made without hands. This is a supernatural circumcision. It's a circumcision of the heart by the spirit. Daniel said, this is a kingdom made without hands. It's a supernatural kingdom 
cut out of a mountain. What's the, what's the biggest, most monumental thing that the earth has? It's mountains. And this is something that's cut out of a mountain that will fill the entire earth and destroy the kingdoms made with men's hands. So, so looking at the history of Daniel, Daniel came from Israel. He came from Judah. He was a captive of Judah. He was one of the, the, the king's seed. He might've even been related to the kings of, of Judah in Israel, even related to David. We don't get to know these fine specifics, but, but Nebuchadnezzar had given a commandment, take of the captives of Judah and the king's seed. And so Daniel, Daniel's mentality for world affairs is based upon Torah. It's based upon the, the scriptures, the, the, the writings of Moses. He has no, no prophetic thoughts. There's, no, there's nothing going on in his mind about these other pagan nations. What do they matter anyway? Uh, of the hand of God's on Judah, but Judah is now conquered by Nebuchadnezzar. And so God is using Daniel to not only show Nebuchadnezzar what's coming, he's also using this moment in history to show Daniel what's coming. Daniel is seeing the Babylonian empire, this head of gold, and then the silver empire, which is a stronger metal, lesser value, arms of silver. And then the next metal is the, the metal of, of brass or bronze. And it's a harder metal than silver, but less valuable. And then the legs of iron is a harder metal, metal than, than the brass, but it's, it's, strong, it's stronger, but lesser value. And then the, 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 the feet of iron mixed with clay. And so he's showing him a chronology of kingdoms. As you move down on the statue, you're going forward in time. Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Roman Empire, toes of iron and clay. You're moving down the statue, but forward in time. Now, this, this is a profound revelation because from the perspective of historical analysis, what exists now is based upon what has been but from the prophetic analysis, what is now is based upon what shall be. It's exactly the opposite. Notice that the foundation of the statue were kingdoms that didn't even exist yet. The Babylonian empire, which is the head of gold, is being supported by legs of iron that do not even exist yet. It's a kingdom that would come many, many centuries later, didn't even exist. And yet the kingdom that was then, the Babylonian empire, was based upon kingdoms that will be. And that's the prophetic perspective. What we are dealing with now is not because of what was. It's based upon the preordained will of God. It's based upon kingdoms that God has already set. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the Babylonian empire likes. The Medo-Persian empire is coming. And they exist because the Medo-Empire, 
Medo-Persian Empire is coming. Doesn't matter what the Medo-Persian Empire likes. The Grecian Empire is coming. And the Medo-Persian Empire exists because of God's preordained will that the Grecian Empire will come. Doesn't matter what the Grecians think. The Roman Empire is coming. And the Grecian Empire exists because in the will of God, they will be supplanted by the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire had that dominion and authority and preeminence on earth. Why? Because that would be the empire, the kingdom that would exist when the stone cut out of the mountain without hands will smash those feet of iron mixed with clay and would fill the whole earth. It's God's preordained will. It's a prophetic glimpse. So again, what is happening now is not based upon what was. It's based upon what God knows will be. That's the prophetic perspective. And so you have Daniel seeing this and Daniel, Daniel's, Daniel's mind's being fried right now. He's seeing the future. And, and so God, God gives Daniel another vision. This is in Daniel chapter seven. Another vision. Now, now remember the first vision is of the statue. It's four kingdoms. And then in Daniel 7, Daniel has a vision of four beasts. And I'm going to just wrap it up with the, the final beast. In verse 7, Daniel 7, verse 7, it said, he, he said, after this, I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. There's the, the parallel. It's the fourth kingdom. There's the mention of iron as it was with the legs of iron. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had 10 horns. There's the, another parallel reference. The image of the statue, it had 10 toes. This has 10 horns. It was iron feet and legs, this is iron teeth. In verse eight, now things take a turn. I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were the eyes, were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. So let's talk about these four beasts quickly. The first beast that came up was a lion with eagle's wings. This was the actual symbol of the Babylonian empire. The next beast that came out of the water was the bear that had the three ribs in its mouth saying devour much flesh. One side was higher than the other on the bear. So you have the two arms of the Medio Persian empire and this time, so the first, the first vision was the chronological order of the kingdoms, the political order of the kingdoms. This vision, God is opening Daniel's mind in the spirit even further to know the nature of these kingdoms, not just a political chronology, but the nature of these kingdoms. And this bear had one side that was higher than the other. And, and the Medes and the Persians were not equal. They had a, they had a, a coalition, but they were not equal. One side was stronger than the other. And this is the bear. And then 
the the next beast after the Medio Persian Empire was the 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 leopards, and the leopards had four heads. Alexander the Great's Grecian Empire was, after he died at 33 years old, it was dispersed to his four generals, the four winds of the earth, his four generals. And, and then finally, this last beast is the Roman Empire. And it's, it's an empire. No other empire on earth has ever been like the Roman Empire. It destroyed like no other empire on earth, no other kingdom on earth. And, and then we have the 10 toes. Now, the 10 toes of the 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 statue, we didn't really get a lot of details, but now these 10 horns, they're becoming animated in this vision. I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were, the, were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. So going back to the previous image, and we're going to get to what's happening in Israel right now, I assure you. Going back to the previous image, when the stone was cut out of the mountain, it struck the toes of iron and clay. It struck in the time of the kingdom of the 10 toes of iron mixed with clay. That's when it struck. And we understand that that is the kingdom of God that stone filled the whole earth. That is the millennial reign of Jesus Christ with his saints. That's going to be literally on earth for a thousand years. That kingdom is going to scatter every earthly kingdom. And that kingdom is established during the time of the effect of the settling of the Roman empire into 10 nations, 10 nations. So when we go to now this image um, of, of the beast, there were 10 horns, 10 toes. And it said there came up among them another little horn. So there was a horn that rose up and uprooted. It says plucked up by the roots. This little horn that rose up. So you got these, just picture 10 horns and, 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 and three of them are pushed out of the way by another horn. So God was saying, Daniel, there's gonna be these, this 10-toed kingdom, there's gonna be these 10 nations, but one, one little insignificant, seemingly um, out of the blue nation is gonna rise up and supplant the power of the three. And this nation is going to have the eyes like a man speaking great, a mouth speaking great things. So, so a look at history here. When you consider the Roman expansion, the Roman Empire expansion, and, and I'll, I'm going to give a disclaimer here. I, I do not, um, I am constantly digging into this stuff. This stuff fascinates me as it does so many people. I don't feel like I have the final word on everything I'm saying. I'm constantly learning. And, um, and, and I'm just kind of giving you what I see. This stuff is very ambiguous for a reason. You know, you, it's a mystery for a reason. I don't know that anybody that says they know exactly what all this is talking about. I would love to see their stuff. I, 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 um, I am not 100% sure 
on a lot of things. But man, I'm telling you, we sure do see something emerging right now that's quite clear. And so that's, that's the disclaimer. And, uh, but you're watching this and listening to this. And so I'm going to speak it with total confidence that what I'm saying is right, because that's how I feel. Excuse me. But you have, you have, you have the 10 kingdoms. So the Roman Empire, what they would do is they would go into these parts of the earth and they would establish Roman law, Roman culture, but they would mix with the pagans that were there. When they went to uh, Britannia, they took the pagan customs, they saw some gods that they liked. Hey, let's add some new gods to the Roman pantheon of gods. And they would, but we're also going to add the Roman gods to your worship. And they would just mix everything together. And, and it looked like the form was right, but, but it wasn't quite right. It's iron mixed with clay. It's the strength of the iron, but yet the unrelated bloodline of the peoples that are conforming to the strength of that iron. It didn't really mix all the way. And then when they went to, to Gaul, which is modern day France and, and, and parts of Germany and, and um, Switzerland and that region, when they went there, they took, hey, they got some pretty cool gods. Let's add them to our pantheon. But also the strength of the Roman empire is gonna fashion this into its image. And then when they went to Hispania, the Iberian Peninsula, the Iberians, as they were called, they went to Hispania, uh, where Spain and Portugal are. They, they said, oh, look at these pagan rituals. We're, we'll take some of their gods and add them to our Roman pantheon, but you're gonna also worship the Roman gods. And so it's iron mixed with clay. They would meet with these pagans. That's what they did. Um, in Judea, that's what they did in what they called Palestine, which is the land of the Philistines. That's what Palestine means, Philistia, the land of the Philistines. You go back to the last two episodes to see that. Um, but, but they would take the gods and the customs that were there and they, were, they would conform them to the Roman empire. And so that's the iron mixed with clay. Three of the main Roman empire colonizations, the three I just mentioned, Britannia, Hispania, and Gaul still exist to this day. Spain was a Roman province. England, Great Britain, Roman province. Gaul, France, Roman province. They were made states, if you will, by the Roman Empire. They were made into toes, if you will, by the Roman Empire. Skip ahead 1,500 years. Spain is now a superpower. It's a horn. Spain is, is, has outposts all over the world. Spain is sending their explorers to discover the new world. I, uh, Palm Coast uh, is right in between Daytona and, and St. Augustine. And anybody who knows history knows St. Augustine is literally the oldest settlement, the only oldest colony in the Americas. It's the first city. There's a fort that's there. It's just a great uh, time to explore. But, but because Spain and Portugal were super a superpower, they established colonies around the world and in the good old U.S. of A. Before it was the U.S. of A, the Americas. France 
in the 1500s, in the 1600s, was a superpower. Under Napoleon, they were a world superpower. And, and they established colonies in the Americas. Britain, which we had a revolution against Great Britain, Britain, Britain. We had a revolution against them, a revolutionary war against them. 1776, the Declaration of Independence. What were we doing? We were fighting against the superpower of Great Britain who established colonies in the Americas. So the three horns that had dominion have now been supplanted by a little horn that nobody expected to come. Listen, Everybody knows America is the greatest superpower on planet Earth. But it is the most unlikely superpower that has ever existed. It is the most unlikely explosion of power and dominance, world dominance on the world stage that anybody could have ever thought. We're only, we're only 250 years old. We started as a conglomerate of nations, different, different tongues, different ideologies. And, and we came together, not as a race of people, but as an idea. Nobody, I guarantee you, Great Britain didn't expect for us to become a superpower. They were like, well, they'll just die out. Let them rule themselves. They'll die out. And, 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 but, but what happened? This little horn that nobody expected came from nowhere and now it has uprooted the superpower status of three great nations that were once superpowers on planet Earth. England, France, Spain. And now let's jump ahead to present day. The greatest ally of the nation of Israel, everybody knows it's America. The prime ministers of Israel always say it. American presidents, whether they like it or not, they say it. Joe Biden mumbled through it a few days ago, best he could. And um, we, we support Israel. It's not going to be some nation with no power that's going to support Israel and help Israel. The greatest superpower on the planet has two naval strike groups in the Mediterranean right now with our, our jets and our missiles and our SEAL teams and our commandos. And what's that? That is the superpower of planet Earth behind Israel, whether they like it or not. Because what is, is not based upon what has been. What is, is based upon what shall be. It's ordained by God. And so Daniel said, I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Truth is, is on the world stage, Great Britain, God bless them. They ain't, they, they ain't, they're not what they used to be by any stretch of the imagination. France is not what they used to be. We had to save them. This little horn that was a product of those three horns had to come back and save them when the spirit of Antichrist tried to take over the world in World War II. And so Spain, they, they, they are not what they used to be, but we support them. And so here's the deal. 
The 10 toes is the kingdom that will exist at the time the stone is cut out out of the mountain. God sees through the prophetic perspective, God sees these kingdoms, the West, as the jihadists call it, as one group. They rightly see that. They see the West as a group, as one kingdom. It's the East versus the West. The Russians see that. The Chinese see that. Even though we have, we got all kinds of perspectives and, and England's fighting France and France is fighting Spain and the EU's all torn apart and, and they secretly hate America and America's talking about them, we still are the 10 toes of the Roman Empire, whether we like it or not. And so this Western society, this Western kingdom, if you will, this Western culture, if you will, is going to be the kingdom through which the Antichrist will come. When the Antichrist emerges, he will not be against Israel. He will be the greatest mouth speaking things for Israel. I, Folks, I watched a, a, a video yesterday of a choir that was singing on the Temple Mount, a Jewish choir. This was right after the, uh, the brutal attacks by Hamas where 1,300 people died, 200 taken hostage. This Jewish choir with trumpets, with harps, with flutes, a full band, a choir singing, Hashem. We desire the presence of Hashem, the name. We desire the presence of God. We seek your presence, O God, that we may dwell in your house forever. Psalms 27. One thing have I desired of thee, O Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the, in, in the house of the Lord forever. They're singing this song, lifting up their faces to Hashem, the name. They don't know the name. The name is Jesus. That is the name of God. For God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. At the name of Jesus, every tongue will proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is Hashem, the name Jesus. And, and, and they're calling on this. And when the Antichrist emerges, I want to tell you something. Israel... World opinion against Israel is going to build and build and build and build. World pressure against Israel is going to build and build and build. It's even coming from America right now. We heard, our, our, um, if you can sort of interpret the words in between the, 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 uh, the mumbling, we heard even Joe Biden saying, we're not sure what our response is gonna be yet. There's like this pressure on Israel, international community is pressuring Israel, even though they know this whole hospital attack is a lie. They're saying, well, just because the lie had so much effect, you need to work with restraint and do a ceasefire. Pressure is mounting and Israel's having to choose between defending their life and fighting or caving to international pressure and staying in that vulnerable state where their enemies can attack them at will and kill them at will. And I believe based upon what time it is, 
You can go back to the previous episodes and, and you see the prophecy of the fig tree and the prophecy of the two days where Jesus will work, the two millennium where he work and the third day he'll be perfected, the third millennium, which is the kingdom, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. We're at the end, folks, of a generation in that fig tree. We're 75 and a half years into this thing. And, and so what, what I'm saying is Israel needs a savior. Israel needs somebody on their side that's going to stand up and say, we are gonna fight for you. This operation against Israel by Hamas was called the Al-Aqsa uh, flood. Al-Aqsa flood. Al-Aqsa is the Temple Mount Mosque next to the Dome of the Rock. It's that mountain that they're fighting for. We want that spot. And the Bible tells us that when the Antichrist emerges, he will reestablish the ownership of that mount, the mount of God. He will reestablish the ownership to Israel. And, and that Israel's going to, Israel's going to fall for it hook, line, and sinker. And this, listen, this Antichrist is not going to come from France. France has, France has nothing to offer militarily. France is not going to stand up against the power of Iran and, and Russia and, and China. Great Britain's not going to stand up against them by themselves. Spain's not going to stand up. Germany's not going to stand up against them. Who has the power? What one single nation on earth has the power of a deterrent to say, we, we will fight and, and there's a good chance we're going to win? Good old US of A. So from my perspective, and, and there's no doubt that the USA is built upon the, the uh, integrated into that 10-toed kingdom. We are a result of those nations that, the Roman Empire established. So we're connected. And so this Antichrist will emerge and he will begin to speak great things and he will reestablish the daily sacrifice for Israel. And, and you can, again, I keep saying this, but go back to previous episodes. I, I'm saying that to remind myself not to get into this because it's already been covered and it's just a long ordeal. But when he does that, the king of the North, Russia, the kings of the East mixed with China, Iran, the king of the south, which is in reference to Egypt. Egypt is the, 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 the place where the Arab League of Nations is centered. All these Arab nations. In Ezekiel 38, study Ezekiel 38. It talks about Persia. What, why is Persia so active? It's the first one on the list. It's gonna come against Israel. Persia is Iran. And they're, they're the ones responsible for Hamas. They're the ones responsible for Hezbollah. They're the ones responsible for Islamic Jihad. They're the ones responsible. They're the ones funding this. What is this? This is Persia in ancient prophecy, Turkey in ancient prophecy. All these nations, the North, the East, and the South will come against the King of the West. That one block of nations headed by the greatest superpower on planet earth, the United States of America. And, and Israel's gonna fall for it hook, line, and sinker. They're gonna receive it. Because see, here's how the devil's working. The devil's putting a twofold pressure on them. He's putting pressure on them through the evil that's happening to them from the Islamic world. That's Satan. 
That's the devil working against them. But he's also pigeonholing them into a spot where they have to receive this help. They have to receive it. And so they're going to embrace, it's like good cop, bad cop. They're going to embrace this Antichrist and the Antichrist will then begin to fight with superpower power against these nations that are coming against Israel. And so, so let's look at, let's look at the nature of this Antichrist. Daniel chapter seven. I think I forgot to bookmark it. I want to show you something. I'm going to just look it up here real quick. Desire for women. 11. Okay, I did have a bookmark. So Daniel 11. So this is talking about the Antichrist. Daniel eleven thirty six, And the king shall do according to his will. And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. Listen, people that think America is going to fight the Antichrist, folks, America is in a disastrous state. We, we, We have crossed the line of no return. We, we have gone, there's a lot of Christians in America. Thank God for the Christianity, the foundation of Christianity, Judeo-Christian values that we have in this nation. But America is gonna fall for this. America is gonna go with, it. We, we fight for Israel. What, it's just in the American psyche, go Israel. We stand with Israel. There's flags everywhere. We stand with Israel. I know our college campuses don't, because of the young people's minds being poisoned by these liberal uh, leftist professors. But for the most part, America stands with Israel. This man that will rise up speaking great things, he is going to be pro-Israel and America is going to go with it. He shall exalt himself, magnify himself above every God, shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished for that that is determined shall be done. Again, what's now is based upon what's coming. Daniel eleven thirty seven. watch this. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. So the God of his fathers, this is in reference to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Nor the desire of women. This is in reference to homosexuality. Nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. So, so more than likely, he's going to be a Jew because I seriously doubt. Now, there's two sons of Abraham, right? There's Isaac and, I'm sorry, there, yeah, there's Isaac and there's Ishmael. Ishmael represents the Muslim world. Isaac represents the Jewish world. I seriously doubt Israel is going to follow an Arab Messiah, Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. So it's Abraham. Uh, I would imagine this means he's going to be a Jew. Nor the desire of women. Just, just look at the atmosphere, the spiritual moral climate of our nation right before the emergence of Antichrist where people are choosing their own gender, 
where homosexuality is shoved down our throats from Disney to Hollywood to NBA, NFL, even religious organizations, our government, our universities, it is being crammed down your throat whether you like it or not. You say a single word against it. You are a homophobe, a bigot, a racist. You deserve the worst. This is the atmosphere. Why? Because the Antichrist spirit is a homosexual spirit. And before the revelation of Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Nor regard any God for he shall magnify himself above all. This is the craziest part, Daniel eleven thirty eight. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. The God of forces. I want you to look at this with me. The God of forces. It's a masculine noun, meaning a refuge, a fortress, a shelter, stronghold, a place of safety. What's a, what's a refuge? It's a place of safety. It's a place to hide. It's a place where you can have peace and you can have safety. In 2020, we heard the words nine million times, shelter in place. Your home is your refuge. Do not come out. Stay put. Uh, what was the terminology? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Just stay home for two weeks, which turned into 52 weeks. Put your mask on when you go outside. Why? For the safety of others. For the health of others. Don't go to church. For God's sake, don't go to church. Um, because church, I read an article that said church is the deadliest place to be. You can go to ball games, you can go to bars, you can protest in the streets like 10,000 people did in 2020. And they, they uh, somehow miraculously discovered that that did not produce any spreading of COVID. 10,000 people bouncing off each other, spitting on each other, hugging each other. That didn't produce it. But if you go to church now, that spreads COVID like... Uh, Anything. And so, so what is the spirit that hit us in 2020? What is the spirit? It's the spirit that controlled us with the idea of refuge, fortress, and shelter. It's the idea that shut our mouths for safety. That was the spirit of Antichrist touching the whole world in a test run of its control. And America caved like a house of cards. We cave like a house of cards. There, why? There's no resistance to this thing without revelation. It's a spiritual power. It's not a political power. It has political power, but its source is spiritual and in America, and it, it took a few weeks for even the churches to realize, wait a minute, what is going on here? They're telling us to not go to church, and yet they're going to parties. The politicians that are telling us to keep our, our mouths covered with masks, they're going to beauty salons and going on vacation in Cancun, and they got their masks off, and they're dancing. What in the world? It's hypocrisy. What was it? Control. Don't go to church. And America, 
religious good old Christian America chose the preservation of their bodies over the commandment to preserve their souls. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more so as you see the day approaching. Don't have less church, have more church, which would include Sunday night, by the way. I say that. Where's our cricket button? Don't, don't do it, it's too late. Don't have less church, have more. And that spirit of Antichrist that said shelter in place, canceled church. We started doing online stuff, which was horrible. And, and so this spirit will use this power that God was so merciful to inject his church with a vaccination of revelation that says, oh, I recognize that spirit. When it says, don't go to church, I recognize what that is. That's the spirit of Antichrist. That spirit that says homosexual, homosexuality is okay, we recognize that. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And, and he did that for the church to understand you gotta keep your eyes open because this spirit that's rising up will worship the God of forces. We worship safety above all. We worship peace above all. We worship that refuge above all. We are more concerned with our peace than anything. We are more concerned with our comfort than anything. That is the nation of America right now. That is America. And watch what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians five and two. He said, for you, your, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. It's going to take you off guard. It's going to take the world off guard. And he'll explain that in a second. Verse three, for when they shall say what? Peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. But you brethren, hello church, you are not in darkness that, that they should overtake you as a thief. You are the children of light and the children, the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep. Church, wake up. Christians, wake up. Waken from your sweet sleep. Awaken from the distraction. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, wake up, clear-minded, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Get ready for battle and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Watch this. This is the greatest part. I didn't highlight this. I didn't expect to read it. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. The wrath that's coming on the earth is not appointed to the church. It's appointed to the world. Why? Let's look at this last passage of scripture. How long have I been going? 50? Sweet mercy. My goal is 30 minutes. Help us, Lord Jesus. Watch, Paul's talking about the Antichrist. This is 2 Thessalonians. Chapter two, he goes through it that this man's gonna be, he's coming. There's a falling away that's coming and he's gonna exalt himself. This is going back to the book of, of Daniel, talking about this. And he's gonna sit in the temple of God, showing he himself that he is God. So, so and I, and I wanna say something right here. I, I do not believe the Antichrist knows he is the Antichrist. Like 
From the time he was a baby, his mother was telling him, hello, little Antichrist. You know, God's got, you're being raised up to, to fight Jesus and fight the church and you just keep, keep focused, gonna do great things. He doesn't understand. The devil does not have revelation. Just like Judas didn't understand that he would be the one that betrayed Jesus. He was just a thief. That when the time came, the Bible says Satan entered into him. Satan possessed him. And, and we, we talk about this all the time. Excuse me for a quick swig out of my Christian Life broadcast mug. Talk about this all the time. These good, good politicians, these good politicians that go to Washington, D.C., what happens to them? They were conservative. They were saying all the stuff. And then they go to Washington, D.C. They become wackos. They become elitist bimbos. Why? What, what's going on? They cannot resist the spirit that takes advantage of them there. They do not have the spiritual fortitude to resist the opposition of, of, that's being released on the earth at this time. And this, this antichrist, I, I believe through the wisdom given unto him, he will have the solutions. He will have the answer to the questions. And then at a key moment, something's gonna possess him and take him over. And, and, and that's, that's my personal opinion. He's gonna be revealed and he's gonna begin to manifest the true spirit behind his wisdom and the true spirit behind his solutions. And, and Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse six, and now ye know what withholdeth that it might, he might be revealed in his time. You know what's withholding him. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. I wanna show this to you in, in the ESV. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Watch, only he who now restrains it will do so until he is taken out of the way. There is a restraining force against the spirit of Antichrist, against the man, against the emerging moment of the Antichrist. There's a restraining force. But when that restraining force is taken out of the way, Verse eight, and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. God's not even gonna lift a finger. He's just gonna talk and this thing's gonna blow up and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. I wanna tell you right now, God's never fought a battle. God's never had to lift a finger. The greatest war that's ever happened is the war that happened in heaven between Michael and Lucifer. And Jesus just sat there watching. He didn't lift a finger. God doesn't have to fight angels. He doesn't have to fight Satan. He doesn't have to fight anybody. His word brought him into existence. His word will take him out of existence. There's no effort on the part of God when it says our God of war. There's no effort on the part of God. He just speaks. He doesn't even have to do that. All he has to do is think and, and can change everything, but he speaks as a mediation between what is invisible to what is visible. And that wicked shall be revealed, verse eight, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him, Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. These are not illusions. These are miracles, signs, and wonders that lead people to the wrong conclusion. That's why you need to be really careful watching false doctrine preachers. They do have real wonders. They do have real miracles, but their miracles are leading you to the wrong conclusion. If they are not baptizing in Jesus' name and they are not talking about the oneness of God and holiness living, their miracle signs and wonders are leading people to the wrong conclusion. That's a really smart devil. 
that's allowing that to happen. That's the spirit of Antichrist. With all deceivableness, here we go. Here's the environment that we're in right now. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not a love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, what cause? They didn't receive a love of the truth. God shall send them strong delusion. How is it that everybody just swallows Hamas's lies? Hook, line, and sinker. 500 civilians, innocent casualties died. Major media outlets. Oh my goodness, five. They didn't even say according to Hamas. God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The spiritual climate of October 2023 is to receive lies, hook, line, and sinker before the truth. It's so dark. I don't know if there's a darker spirit than the spirit of homosexuality that has now morphed into transgenderism and choosing your gender and telling little children they can get surgeries and have medication to where their perverted fantasy can play out as a different gender. I don't know if there's some, anything darker that can deny evident biology. What is this? God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. I want to tell you something, people of God. I want to tell you, people that are watching Christian Live broadcast right now, don't sleep. This is not a day for dead church and ambiguous speaking. Right before the appearance of Jesus Christ, God raised up the spirit of John the Baptist. Who is John the Baptist? He doesn't dress like anybody else and he don't eat what everybody else is eating. Notice it was the same for Daniel. You will... You will yield to the king whose food you're eating. Daniel knew that. You will bow to the one who sustains your appetite. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we will not eat the king's meat. They were the only four, actually three. Daniel wasn't there. It doesn't record Daniel at all. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were the only ones that had the power to withstand the king of this world's edict. Why? Because they weren't being satisfied in their appetite by the king's meat. John the Baptist, the prophet before the coming of Jesus Christ, refused to eat what everybody else in culture was eating. He was eating wild honey, and locusts, and he was dressing different too. Don't be ashamed of how you dress different. I know we dress different. God help the churches that are letting down their standards of dressing different. We're supposed to because we are the only ones with the clarion cry of prophetic insight to let the world know you better wake up. Jesus is coming. He's about to come right now. Right now, the church is restraining the spirit of Antichrist before it totally takes over. But the moment Antichrist is revealed, from my perspective, the church is going to be taken out of the way and the restraining force against the the spirit of Antichrist is going to be removed. He's going to take over the world. 
God help us to stay awake. I, I tell you, I'm not dealing with a spirit of depression about this. I'm not de- there's a paradox here because there's a heaviness and an excitement. We are dealing with the heaviness of the spirit realm right before the emergence of the Antichrist. But we're also dealing with the excitement because there's a king that's greater than the king of this world. There's a Christ who is not Antichrist, but real Christ. And his trumpet's about to sound and the church of the living God is gonna be raptured out of this world. I'm telling you in prayer this morning, I'm sitting there and I feel, I feel like the archangel has got the trumpet in his hands and you can feel the anticipation of the heavenly host as the trumpet is about to sound. Church, don't sleep. Wake up. Don't fall for the lie of compromise in this hour. Don't fall for the lie of deception. Let your heart be good ground for truth because the king of truth, the spirit of truth is inside of us and we were designed to resist and restrain this spirit that wants to take over the world through revival, through Holy Ghost apostolic revival. I'm all keyed up and I feel the Holy Ghost all over me right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. I pray for our world, Jesus. I pray for the people of God, Jesus. I pray that the church of the living God would rise up to this challenge and not cave because of the temptation of the king's meat, not bowing to the edict of the king, but we eat different meat. We have meat that this world knows not of. We have the meat of the one who sent us. We have meat from above. Give us this day our daily bread. It comes from above, not of this earth, and we will not bow to the pressure. We will stand in the righteousness of God and be that city that is set on a hill which cannot be hid. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray that they would turn to you now. That their minds would turn to their Messiah. I pray for the people of God that are there, that are living there under that oppression. I pray in the name of Jesus that your will would be performed in them, that salvation would be revealed to them, and that your will would be done on this earth. Thank you for the privilege of living in such a time as this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. In Jesus' name, I hope that this Christian Life broadcast was insightful to you. Our prayer is that you are blessed. In my opinion, there's never been a greater day to live the Christian life. For the Christian life is indeed the best life. Bless you in Jesus' name.